welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. We are on episode number 37. I'm back with my co-host, Antar Cool. What's going on, man? Not much, brother. Uh, I hate pearl stitches. That's it. <laughs> you hate who? Pearl stitches. Damn it. Wait, wait, I can't wait. tell I'm knitting while I'm knitting while we record. <laughs> <laughs> happy uh, I would say also happy belated birthday. How the how the how the birthday weekend treat you? Um, it was alright. I mean I've worked like the past two days three I've I've worked every day since last Monday. Oh Lord. Yeah. And I'm working every day this week, including next Sunday. So, oh man, yeah. man, the so man is not that's doing how my you any favors. Going. <laughs> the man is not doing you any favors. Oh it's man, it's literally the man. It's literally the man because <laughs> I work for government. <laughs> hey, we gotta, we gotta get paid. We gotta, gotta pay bills and do all that stupid adult <laughs> stuff. Until the Dojo Park Dojo Talk uh, Patreon gets off the ground, <laughs> right? <laughs> hey man, we'll, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there one day. Um, but yeah, we're uh, back back with another episode. We had a really really nice really nice eventful card last night, man. I was I want to give the UFC a shout out. Thank you for doing a fork fight main card. Like when the card was over and I looked at the clock, I was like, "Oh, it's not, it's not like one thirty in the morning. I can still like stay up and you know do stuff, or just you know, I'm, I'm not ready to roll over and die." <laughs> so <laughs> I appreciate the four fight uh, main card, but yeah, man, this this um this uh this card which took place in uh in Long Island in New York. Pretty good card, man. Like from top to bottom, this was a, a pretty solid card. Um, I, I saw pretty much every fight. I think minus maybe one or two prelims, but there there, there was a lot of violence on this card. <laughs> a lot of really close fights. Um, some fights that were not so close, <laughs> which we'll get to. But um, I, I guess we'll just start from the top, man. Uh. Chris Rodman and Calvin Gastelum headline. Um, I'm gonna just go out and go out on limb, and I will apologize to Chris Rodman. I was very wrong about this fight. Um, pretty much this entire week, I was preaching that he was gonna get his head knocked off, which almost happened in the first round. Um, <laughs> um, but he he pulled this one out, man. It was it was. Pretty good performance. The first round, Gaslam. Not even just the first round. Gaslam was really, I guess you could say, patient. I, I feel like he was kind of waiting it out to see if he could get to like the third, fourth, and fifth, and then kind of wear him down because he wasn't being extremely active. Um, but I also give Wadman credit. 
Um, I think he enjoyed a good, what, 7-inch reach advantage, which he definitely used. And he, he kept Gaslam at bay, but Gaslam also just didn't seem like he was, he was, didn't seem like he was trying to waste a lot of energy. He was a, a bit, I don't want to say lack, lackadaisical, but I don't know, like, he, it just seemed like he was trying to conserve his energy. And then right at the end of the first, he just explodes and almost takes Wideman's head off. <laughs> but it was literally, like, right before the, the round was over. So he, he followed up with a little bit of ground and pound, but, you know, he didn't get a finish. And then uh, Wiseman, Wideman's grappling just kind of took over the second and third round. And, I mean, props to Gaston because I, I think he got up a couple of times. And, and Wideman, that's, that's a big... It's a big man. <laughs> it's a very big man. Yeah. And the the grappling Weidman is and... um just throwing out there. Weidman's like six two. Kevin Gaston's like five nine. Right. <laughs> like Chris Weidman is a decent sized light heavyweight. Kelvin Gaston right. should probably be if he could control his diet, would probably be at welterweight right now. Yeah. And I I want to, I don't know. Like, I want to say he can still give it a go at, at, at middleweight. Because I don't, I don't, I don't want to just, you know, I don't want to be that guy like, oh, he lost one fight at middleweight. That means he can't compete here anymore. Um, but, they, like, like that, that size advantage, I, I don't even, it's just size and strength, man. Like, the grappling, just Wideman just seemed to control him on the ground just kind of did whatever he wanted to and i mean props to gasoline i mean he he made it out the the second round also but and then in the third round he did he came out firing like I, i'm pretty in the third he knew that he had dropped two rounds and he came out and he he was he was looking he was going for the kill he was winging shots he did land a few <laughs> and shout out to his beautiful floyd mayweather moment that he had <laughs> i think wildman had rocked him with like one punch and then he yeah, tried he to like follow right up. Hand. Yeah. And and then Kelvin got something made him miss like the next nine punches. <laughs> it was a beautiful <laughs> It was a beautiful sequence. That was probably my favorite moment in like the entire fight. It was it was beautiful. But God man, when Wobin got a hold of him on the ground, I just I kinda knew it was over in the third and once he sunk that head arm choke in, it was ugh. So that's a massive, some massive man child to you know. If he sinks a choke in like that on you, there's, there's not a whole lot you can do. <laughs> yeah, not a lot. Um, like, I don't know. Um, as far as like Gaston goes, middleweight, I think he's still fine. Like, I I, I think he took the wrong lesson from like the Geggard fight when it came to Weidman where he's like, oh, Weidman was a victim of his own success. He took Geggard down and get, uh, got tired and like halfway through the second just completely just tired himself out and was like shooting on terrible shots and that's why Geggard was able to get him out of there. Like, he was just way too pain. There, there were just long stretches of the fight where you could just tell he was trying to get Chris to just take him down so he could tire himself out on the ground. Right. And I, I don't think Wyman's the type that's going to get tired just like doing stuff. Like, Gaggard made him work 
every minute of the, those rounds. Like he kept getting up. He was throwing the jab. He was constantly putting the jab in his face. Like there, there wasn't a lot of that from Gastelum until like the third round. But um, I guess for Weidman, we okay. got props to him. He got a big win. He was down. Like he was on a three fight losing streak where he got knocked out three times in a row. Um, he got he fought in front of his home crowd, got a big win, but like I still want to see him as a heavyweight. Like I I don't need to see because here's like there's Kelvin Gaslam and then there's Yoel Romero and Luke Rockhold. Right. Like d- d- based on what I saw, like do I expect um Chris Weidman to have an easier time on the ground with either one of those men? No. Like. Is it the, he has one of the best uh, takedown setups in MMA period where he's just diving in on that single leg and just dragging dudes to the ground. It, like it's, it's one of the most beautifully timed takedowns in the sport. But I, I, just can't, I, I just can't get past like seeing him get so tired in the Rockhold fight. They, he just gets taken down and just pounded on for like 10 minutes. Or, or even like the Geggard fight, where like he he was a victim of his own success. He was just he gave up. The, he basically was winning the fight. He got tired. Like wh- what's changed? I guess is the question. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It, it's kind of hard. I mean, I get it. You probably want to avenge that Rockwell loss, and and he wants he then he goes and calls out Michael Bisping like. No. Yeah, you're not getting that that title. Uh, you're, you're not. You're. No one knows you're the real champ because they've seen you get knocked out three times in a row. Like, stop. Yeah, you gotta. <laughs> you gotta. You gotta climb back up to to get back in that. I mean, he's probably not too far from that conversation, but you still gotta. You gotta. You gotta work your way back I mean, up. Yes. Yeah. Because and the, the losses in a row, it, like it, these it, were devastating. Like. <laughs> These were devastating losses. Like, and... Nowadays, with the UFC just trying to cash in on like big fights, like Weidman, Weidman up until he lost to Rockhold looked like he was on his way to being like the next, not Ronda Rousey, Conor McGregor draw, but like a guy who you could put on pay per view and he'll sell five hundred thousand to six hundred thousand every time he goes out. You know, right? Like he. He still has. I'm the guy who knocked out, uh, like, uh, as his his selling point, and until Anderson Silva gets knocked out again, that that's going to carry him far. So maybe they skip everybody else and just do the damn thing and give and make Weidman versus um, Bisbing, but like I I don't see it as likely. And honestly, I'm not even 100 percent sure Weidman wins the fight. Like, if he can't get Bisbing out of there in the first two, three rounds, I don't think Bisbing gets taken out as easily on the ground as Gaslam did. Yeah, and I think people forget because he doesn't use it a lot. But Bisbing is a pretty good wrestler, a very good defensive wrestler. He's... Yeah, and, and, and to say the least, he's going to make Weidman work on the, work for the takedown. Unlike Gaston, who just kind of like, just as soon as Weidman got his leg, he was like, oh, going for a ride. <laughs> so, like, I'm I'm still not 
sold on Weidman being physically able to compete with like the elite at um uh, with at middleweight anymore. Like technically, I know he can. Physically, I know he can for like five minutes, ten minutes maybe. Yeah, championship fight, like I, I don't trust him to get guys out of there quick. So yeah. I, I, I don't, I I don't see past the victory for him. I mean, I say that, but I'm not sold on Luke Rockhold being 100% anymore either. Thing is, though, I think, well, yeah, I don't know if Luke gets a belt back, but to be honest, I, I think Luke, I, I've always felt that Luke is a bad matchup for Weidman. Like, I think he's just one of those guys that if they run that fight back ten times, I think Rockhold beats him eight out of ten. I think he just has his number. Because I feel like so, Weidman... Kind of like this fight. He gets off on just being so much bigger and stronger than most people that he faces that it just seems like he can physically, like, bully them around. But, like, with Rockhold, you can't mm-hmm. book that. Rockhold is another one of those middleweights where it's like, this dude is huge. Like, he he, he probably that... would be a, a pretty, probably a, kind of a small 205-er, but he's still, like, it's a large man. And Wyman uh, can't. He, he, he'd be a decent sized 205er. Yeah. So, like, when. Because I remember when that fight. At least as big as Vulcan, like Vulcan Ozdemir. You're right. So, because I remember when the, the Rockhold Wyman fight got announced, I immediately, like, oh, Rockhold's going to win this. Because Wyman's not going to be able to bully him like he does everybody else. And standing on the feet, uh, I mean, Rockhold's not, like, the, you know, best boxer in the world, but he's, he's competent on his feet and he has really good kicks. So like, there's no reason why Rockhold probably just shouldn't win this fight, and you know we we saw what happened. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like Weidman and Gastelum both have. I don't know. Their 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 futures are <laughs> are interesting because I don't know if either of their futures is in the division they're currently in. Though I I still yeah the the fan in me wants to see Gastelum still give 185 a go because I I do honestly believe he can compete with the best. You know, I, th- I think with him, it's, it's a lot of, you know, it'll be styles make fights. He he might struggle yeah. against people who are very talented grapplers who just happen to be a lot bigger and stronger than he is. But there are other people yeah, in that like, division for, he could probably clean their clocks if, if he lands on them. Like, Weidman's been knocked out in his last eight fights, but he hasn't been dropped. Kelvin Gasol, and he's fought Gekker Musasi, Luke Rockhold, and Yoel Romero. Like, it took... Yo Romero landing one of the most vicious flying knees in ever to put Weidman down. Like, and Kelvin Gastelum still managed to drop him in what was it, the end of the first or second? Yeah, and the right at right end of the first. Uh, yeah, so like, I, I, I Gastelum is still a quality one eighty five or just needs to. I guess I think he had the wrong approach to this fight. Like I think he gave Weidman too much. He, he didn't make him work for much. Yeah, yeah. He gave him too much space and just kind of yeah, ended up paying for it. But good, uh, great performance from Weidman. Still a, a, a mm-hmm. decent showing from Gaslam. He, he he showed that his power carries up to this division. And if he lands clean, he you know, because I'd imagine if that fight would have lasted like another thirty seconds. Def- <laughs> That's what he said. If, yeah. If he had not, if he had knocked down, he said if he had knocked down Wyman in thirty seconds around, he would have won the fight. Yeah, he probably would have gotten a finish because that he yeah he he floored him <laughs> with that left. But 
hey man, it, it is what it is. Weidman, he he got his W. Um, we'll see. I don't know. I don't know what the future holds. I definitely wouldn't mind seeing him at two hundred five. You know, two hundred five is always top five too. Right, instant top five like, in a division that. Huh? Like, tell me he does beat Jimmy Manoa. Uh, yeah, I can see that. Just Manoa just has those hands up, <laughs> but <laughs> but no, he he could probably grapple. He probably grapples a lot of people up there to death, and and it's not like he doesn't have power either. So he he could he could shut somebody off yeah. up there, and in in that division where we just need he new faces, huh? He probably hits harder than that. He probably hits harder at two five too. Right. Yeah. So I I if if I mean, he got to win at this division. I feel like he'll probably stay, but yeah, I, I feel like he should give it a go at 205, man. Go up there, be a, be a fresh face in a division that is always in need of new faces, <laughs> even if they're coming from other divisions. Like I said, you'll, you'll probably instantly get your way into a title shot, probably within like a fight or two, and you know, I don't know, maybe we'll get a Wadman versus Jones or a Wadman versus Cormier. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see, though. But both these dudes got some, some, some interesting futures ahead of them, depending on what, uh, what division they decide to go to. And um, oh boy, this uh, it's co-main event. Ah, <laughs> uh, this 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 co-main. So event. I have so I have to ask, um, what's it? What's with people, like particularly like wrestle-centric fighters? Just trying to prove they are better wrestlers than Darren Elkins. <laughs> you like know I, what, though? I, 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 I know that Bermudez has never been the smartest fighter, but he had a pretty clear like road to victory in this fight, and he's just like, nah, I'm going I'm, I'm to go try to take down Darren Elkins. Immediately following a fight where a far superior wrestler and physical like athlete in Mursad Bekhti lost doing the exact same thing. I guess you <laughs> you go in thinking that won't be me. I but I, I ah boy. I mean I'm not gonna lie though. When what I didn't think that he. I didn't think he would like dominate the wrestling, not at all. But I thought he would, if anything, maybe they would cancel out. Um, I was definitely wrong. <laughs> Elkins. Uh, and uh, the thing about this fight that just bothered me was, I mean, like Bermudez definitely had moments where he was, he was, you know, he was doing well, where he he would land good shots, especially like in the third round. I think the third round, I like, I clearly gave him that round, but like. I just that remember, right, that was definitely the most definitive round, but earlier in the fight, those first two rounds, just, he would throw, like, these looping right hands, and it was just like, he was just asking to be put on his back, and it was just like, almost at even that, He was just, like, hopping the clinch. Yeah. He, he, he throw these, Aaron, uh, Elkins would, like, guard up, like, put his hands up to defend, he tried to dive down on his legs as he's against the fence. And it makes no sense because he can continue punching him. Or 
Like, even in the clinch, he just stopped working. Uh, I don't understand. You... I'm I'm just lost for words. (laughs) I don't know. I think people... I don't know. I forgot, because you even posted it on Twitter. What's Elkin's record in the UFC? He's 12? He's now 13-4. Yeah. So, I think people, like... We, we we see a lot of his earlier fights, and you know the, the, some of them. I mean, the Mursak back to fight was awesome. You know, one of the greatest comebacks probably we've ever seen. But you know, like a lot of his earlier fights, not some of the most exciting fights you'll ever watch. So I think people just mm-hmm. probably tend to dis. I'm gonna say dismiss him, but I don't know. Some people probably look at him like you know he's he's good, but he's not. You know, he's not bringing anything to the table that I haven't seen before. And I guess when they get in there, that it's I don't know maybe it's a different <laughs> it's a different animal than what than what they thought they were gonna get because I I didn't think that yeah. I, I didn't think Elkins was gonna handle him so much in the grappling like like he but Bermuda's is um like I, Bermuda's more than Bectic even is um an athletic grappler right and that he he explodes for everything. For takedowns, for submissions, like to get in and out of position, like he he relies more on just being strong and fast and actually. Yeah, um, at the end of the first round, where Elkins has his back, he has the body triangle. You can see that um, Bermuda is not used to ha- like having somebody on his back. I don't know if that's just a product of how he trains or uh, just like. Or if it's just something like where he's the strongest dude in the gym and he can just like stand up and take people off his back, but he 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 literally turns into the like the body triangle, so it gets deeper, and instead of trying to like fight off the legs, he just stands up. But it takes him an extra like twenty to thirty seconds where he's just giving up cage time, like just giving up time on his back. It costs him the round. Yeah. Like he, this, this was one of the three split decisions on the card. So, uh, final, uh, funny enough, all three went against the New York fighters. <laughs> yeah, there, there were, yeah, there were a lot of close fights. But that, I gotta give Elgin's credit though. Like, he, he, he definitely did great in the grappling. Um. His striking, while not the best, I think has still it's it's gotten a little better. It's it's still not you know he's not like a technician by any means, but it's 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 competent. It's, it's his his time at Team Alpha Male definitely seems like it's it's done him some good. So it's that stupid tattoo, <laughs> I swear to God, <laughs> the damage. The tattoo glows <laughs> before he fights, and it just activates something. And yeah, man, Elkins is. I'm, I'm pretty sure when these rankings come out or whenever they're updated, he's he's gonna be a top ten featherweight. And in, in the world, surprised he wasn't already. Like, and he was. I mean, he was right outside. He was at. I think he was at twelve. Yeah, no, but like, um, who who they have ahead of him? Like, do a choice at eleven. Do a choice and beating anybody. Like Elkins is. Like I said, like entering this fight, he had 12 wins in the UFC. Beat Bektik and Skelly and Lucas Martins and Hatsuhiyoki. Like he beat solid 
fibers. I feel like they <laughs> they probably look at Elk and Style and they're just probably you know. I don't yeah. know. Like yeah. no, seriously though, like look at the, like looking at his like resume, UFC resume, Dwayne Ludwig, Michihiro Omegawa, Diego Brandao, Steven Sauer, Antonio Cavallo, Hatsuyoki, Lucas Martins, Chance Skelly, Mursa Bektik, Dennis Bermudez. Yeah, that's and a pretty that's a, that's a solid that's a solid run. Yeah. Like there are no easy like that that's no easy um those are not easy wins. Yeah. And yeah, he's a tough out too, man. This dude doesn't Oh yeah, he might be the toughest dude in the UFC. Yeah, he like he, he doesn't die. This dude just never he as as Bechtick found out, he, he doesn't he doesn't go away. He he might not be just, you know. It's the a most testament exciting. to how hard Chad Mendes hits. That he knocked him out. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, that's. But hey, man, props to Delkins. I mean, to to Elkins, the most likely a top ten featherweight over a, a, a very a very good opponent. Um, Speaking yeah, of man. which, like Elkins was in the co-main event. Here. Like that was weird how too. Star is that? Cause, cause, like I, oh, well, I think I mentioned last time when I was looking at the card. Well, the card I was looking at didn't seem like it was finished. But, like, the way the card was when I was reading it, it, I thought that Almeida and Rivera was the co-main, which to me made all the sense in the world, because, like, this is probably going to be the most violent fight on this card. But, yeah, I don't know how Elkins got a... I mean, but, hey, he made the best of it. And, I mean, it was, it was a good fight, though. Like, I don't want to make it seem like it was, you know... It, it, was they, a, it was a good... It was a good entertaining, you know, uh, no, fight. No, I'm, I'm bringing this up because... Like, when was the last time Elkins was on the main car for anything? Right. <laughs> or, I mean, like, right. I'm pretty sure he's been on main cars, but I, I think, like, if anything, he probably opened the card. But, yeah, he's not, like... I, I'm 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 looking, and I can't find any. I, maybe I'm just forgetting one or just not in my head, like, but I can't find the last time he was on the main card. I don't know. Maybe they, uh, they got they to gotta, they gotta get the damage tattoo on primetime. <laughs> yeah, like it just goes to show you one big performance changes your life dude oh, like I'm thinking this dude's never been a main car before he goes out and gives like the gutsiest performance of the year against Bectic and now he's co now he's co-headlining a, a UFC car on Fox alright I would say not imagine like since he's in the top 10 like whoever he gets next like He's gonna get nothing but names probably from here on out. Like at this I, I point, I found one. I found one. He was on the Fox. Who's the Fox opener in 2014 like, against Jeremy Stevens? Huh. Did he win that fight? But yeah, uh, no, he lost. Okay. Hey man, but good good looks to him, man. I mean, he, he's probably gonna get some some pretty. Some pretty solid opponents from from here on out, and I mean he's not going to be an easy out for anybody. Like your chances yeah. of putting him out are pretty slim, unless you just hit extremely hard. <laughs> I'm thinking. But, I'm thinking. Um, the Korean Zombie, uh, Cub Swanson, or the winner of Jason Knight versus uh, Ricardo Lamas. I think I would like I the winner of could... the the night fight. I would like that. 
Which is this weekend. Yep. But then, I don't know, it would be crazy, though, if he beat somebody like a Cub. Like, that would be kind of wild. If he, like, <laughs> if he somehow grappled it, Cub it to could. death. He could. It would, yeah, it, it definitely it's could not, happen. It's not out of the realm of possibility. And then, and then you have Darren Elkins, featherweight title challenger. <laughs> Darren Elkins beats Mac Holloway. Oh god! See, that's one step too far. <laughs> <laughs> that would be wild. That would—I don't know. Max, Max hits pretty hard though, and he's another one of those guys. Like, the more you do damage to him, the the more he seems to just get better. So I don't know. That that might not turn out so good for him, but. <laughs> oh, no, I'll, I'll get like that is literally the worst matchup besides maybe Frankie Edgar Wilkins. Yeah. I don't know, man. Elkins so, could realistically, though, like he he could get in the top five. He he could he could yeah, finagle his way could. in there. I don't know. We'll we'll see. <laughs> hey, man, he put himself in prime position. Great great win. Uh, I, I'm be honest, I didn't think he was gonna win this fight, but boy was I wrong. Actually, you know what? A lot of people in this card proved me wrong. Pretty much everyone I rooted for lost. So, <laughs> but. Yeah, man, great um, great showing for him. Uh, I guess moving on down to the next fight. Um, speaking of gutsy performances, uh, Patrick Cummins and his mustache uh, <laughs> etched out a split decision against John Vellante. Um, yeah, Cummins is a um, he's another one of those dudes, man, who just doesn't seem to die. And even when he's bleeding I mean, profusely from his face, I think the blood that Patrick, went to his beard somehow activated something. <laughs> hey, but, Cummins dies a lot. I mean, he has in the past. Like, he knocked out by um, Govichera, Ovin Zampru, and Antonio were near Noguera. But, like, it, 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 it takes a lot to put him down. Right, yeah. Not he, to he, hurt him, but not to like keep him down. Yeah. And this got, fight where he was losing. This is like the, yeah, like this is the second fight row where I think he like just looks like complete shit afterwards, where like his face was just all busted up. I mean, probably more than that because like before his fight with Jan Blakovich, um, he got knocked out by Glover and Lilnog, but. I, I, he looked like shit after this fight. Like, did you see the picture of him like in the ambulance? No. Afterwards, uh, uh, let me find that. Cause yeah, I just remember his face bleeding and there was blood all in that little '70s stash he's got. <laughs> and I feel like the blood that went into the stash like activated some powers because yeah, like that first round he got tagged a couple times. Like he got rocked with a right hand that dropped. I think he got dropped twice in the first, I think. But, like, even when he got dropped, he still would keep kind of plotting forward. And then starting in the second round, he just kind of, like, like he just wheeled his way back into the fight. And even, like, John's uh, cornerman by, like, the third round would tell him, like, dude, this is your fight to lose. Like, you should be, you should be winning this. Like, why are you letting him make this fight so close? Okay, hold on, let me, uh... Let me pull up this picture. Uh, do, 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 do. 
through the power bureau of my terrible internet connection. Oh lord. Yeah. Okay, I guess uh, that's probably from that right hand that landed like repeatedly. Oh man, is he missing a tooth or is that just like the way it is? No, he's missing a tooth. Oh my god. I think he lost in another fight, but yeah. He's... Man, yeah, his face is. I mean, like the the right side of his face is okay. I mean, he's a little scratched up, but it's okay. But this left side of his face is just. His eye is completely closed. Yeah, like literally completely closed. And that's probably from those right hands that he ate. But somehow, yeah, repeatedly. and But he he pushed through, man. And I, I like, though, that in, he got tagged a lot in the first round. I mean, he got tagged in a few moments throughout the fight. But I, I did notice in the second and the third that he was he was using a lot of head movement. So he was able to evade a lot of strikes. And... He, he was still good with... ducking, which I found funny. He still ducks like he did. It, when, remember that uppercut that um over, that OSP used to put him down? Yeah. He still ducks like that, like exactly like that. <laughs> it's hilarious. It, it worked this time. <laughs> he was ducking, man. He was evading, and he was landing some good good shots of his own actually. And like he just mm-hmm. he just pushed the pace, man. He just. Yeah, volume and just pressure and just constantly in John's face, like, making him work, but, you know, keeping his offense busy. And, like, he, uh, his cornerman was right, man. Like, Cummins stole the fight. Like, <laughs> John, for all intents and purposes, he should have won this fight. But, like, Cummins just via sheer, just, like, grit and toughness just, like, came back and just snatched the victory from him. Just... Yeah, just keeping so busy, talk, keeping volume. So you want to talk about um, no, you want to talk about dudes who probably should move up weight class, like John Volante. I don't. Oh yeah, think, they they uh, said he's bigger. They said in um, like in training camp, he's bigger than Stepe. Stepe, yeah, like he walks around at like two fifty or something crazy like that. Yeah, no, like I get why he wants to fight at like heavyweight. In part because he, I think he's quite literally statistically the worst defensive fighter in the UFC. Like if you look at statistics, of like how, um, how much offense point lands on, him, I, I think he's actually the worst. He has like the worst stats in the UFC. He's the worst defensive of the UFC right now. Well, he, yeah, I would say he ate a lot in that uh, that Shogun fight too. Mm-hmm. He ain't yeah. lying the um Yeah. He ain't lying the Lawler fight. Where he got knocked out by freaking Tom Lawler. Like a lower mid tier middleweight. And like it's not that he's like he's not like a bad fighter, it's just I don't, I don't know what happened after that first round. Like <laughs> he, he did he, did, he got tired. Yeah, like he did like, really good in the first and then he just just the, the gas tank just kind of, I don't know, I guess it faded, and then and, Cummins and just Cummins kept pushing. Cummins is not a guy who's going to stop, yeah. He, like, I made the joke on Twitter, like, if Darren Elkins was a heavyweight or a light heavyweight, he might be champion. <laughs> Being tough and having a gas tank will get you so far as a heavyweight. It's not even funny. Because, like, we're talking, Cummins, he looked way better than he has in the past. He was moving his head, he was, like, throwing a lot on the feet, where he was just throwing punches 
But he was still he like technically he was not good. Like his punching mechanics were not good. He was still doing things where like a uh, a a good boxer probably would have knocked him out. Like OSP hitting him with the uppercut and him just being there for that uppercut repeatedly in this fight, despite having evidence that it will get him knocked out. Like, it, it, but here is Cummins. He's a, still a top ten like heavyweight in the UFC now. In part because Phil Davis and uh, uh, Bear. <laughs> What did they do? Oh, you still down with the Khan lost you for a little bit. What's that? Um, I don't know. It just they look outside this top four or five in the division kind of makes me sad. Uh, these are, uh, <laughs> we get these gutsy performances, but you know they're in, they're they're ultimately going to lead to nothing. Does the second these guys take a step up, it's a showcase fight for whoever they're fighting, like whether yeah. it's Gus or DC or Jones or even Gilbert Teixeira. Like I I can't see Cummins getting better, it good enough to beat those guys. I don't know. Maybe maybe he gets real good. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I feel like every week on this podcast, we 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 talk about this division and just how just yeah like, yeah like Tyro is 2-0 in the UFC and he's ranked number fourteen and he's not like he's two and all but like be guys see our Cleo Roundtree. And Paul Craig. Wait, did he fight somebody else? Khalil Roundtree or Paul Craig? He is six and zero. He is number fourteen in the heavyweight ranks. That tells me everything I need to know about this division. <laughs> we will pray for better days. <laughs> See, Dave Branch, you could have been up here, man. Well, I guess Dave Branch is doing good. He's about to headline a card, so. Hey, money. Yeah. Dave Branch is about to fall them boy out of business. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Dave Branch, man. Coming in the UFC, 2-0. About to headline a card. Uh... <laughs> He's fighting Luke Rockhold, by the way. Hey, man. If he pulls that off... Dave Branch... Hey, money. I like it. I can I can honestly somehow see him winning that fight. It will not look pretty. I guarantee you, it'll it'll look terrible. But I, 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 could, I could Luke Rockhold. Like, like I said, I don't know where Luke Rockhold is because even when he won the title, he didn't look good. Like there was just something off about him in the Weidman fight. And, and then the next time we saw him, he gets knocked out by Michael Bisping. Yeah, but like we. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's gonna be an interesting fight. Um, probably not a great idea. It's the same night as Triple G and Canelo. So, um, if if um it's if Branch perfect. happens to pull off the upset, perfect. Like... <laughs> perfect. <laughs> if Branch pulls off that upset, the only people that are gonna know about it are the people in the arena and maybe like two other people that are watching. But, uh, yeah, that, that's another combo for another day. That 
scheduling is mind-blowing, but, <laughs> uh, moving on, uh, this main card is really short, um, this open and main card fight, though, man, this, this was probably the fight on the card I was looking forward to the most, uh, Jimmy Rivera and Thomas Almeida, we had number, I think Almeida was number nine, and Jimmy was number four, um, awesome fight, man, really, really good fight, um, I was pulling for Almeida. Unfortunately, he uh, came, came just a bit short, but uh, they both had moments. Uh, Jimmy looked really, really good, though, man. Like, hand speed was just on point. He he was throwing that straight shot down the left because Almeida just doesn't... His head just always kind of seems to be in the line of fire. <laughs> like, he doesn't really move his head off the center line much, so he got... He he got clipped uh, a lot more than he probably should have, but like I said, man, Rivera just really good hand speed, good at not putting himself in too many bad uh, positions. Um, I, I think I I definitely gave the first round to Jimmy. The second round was really close, but I think I gave it to Almeida because he, he he towards like the middle and latter half he came on really strong, kind of seemed like he was finding his range, and I think he he had clipped. Uh, Jimmy, it was a really brief moment, but he staggered him for a, a really brief moment, and he did land a really beautiful head kick, even though Jimmy just kind of seemed like he kind of ate it, but <laughs> yeah. it, it was it was a really good head kick, and then the third round was, was pretty close, but I, I think I ended up giving it to Jimmy, just, um, I think Jimmy to me just seemed like he kind of landed the cleaner shots on top of, I, I think he pushed the pace a bit more, and Almeida, while he is a really, a really great striker. Oh, and then also in the third, Jimmy did get. I think he got two takedowns. Um, yeah, though it was a really, really competitive fight. Um, it still shows me though that I think Almeida does still have some work to do. I think his defense still is, still could use some improvements. Like I said, he doesn't. I feel like his head just never moves off the center line. So, like, while he can dish out damage, he's also very prone to taking it. <laughs> he, is, you know, he, he leaves himself open to, to get clipped. And against a guy like Jimmy, that's not going to do you any favors. Um, and then Jimmy goes on to, <laughs> to call out Dominic Cruz after the win. I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm not mad at that fight if they decide to make it. I mean, at this point, Jimmy's got to get, I mean, if it's not a title shot, you have to give him a really big name, so... Um, props to Jimmy, man. That was that was an awesome performance and a, a really really awesome fight. Oh my god! I just figured out how to do a pearl stitch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we got a knitting breakthrough. <laughs> As for the fight, yeah, no, it was like a tremendous. If it wasn't for Lyman Good, um, I will never I will never say this man's first name right. Uh, Zaleski Dos Santos. That it would it would have been fight of the night. Um, yeah, no, I figured Jimmy was going to hurt uh, Almeida early because like, you can see his record, and he said he has like what fifteen decision wins on his record now, fifteen yeah. sixteen. But um, he hits hella hard. He does. Like, he 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 has rocked basically everybody's fall in the UFC, like, except maybe Uriah Favor, and I think he was on his way to stopping Favor before Favor poked him in the eye. <laughs> so you know, veteran moves. 
Um, but yeah, no, um, this fight kind of went exactly like I thought it would. Jimmy would come out fast. He'd he'd hurt uh, Almeida early. Almeida would rally back, and Jimmy would adjust in the third round. Um, what the, I actually think Almeida started pretty like not great, but like. Uh, he, I, I think he started better than he has in the past, which is weird to say because he got dropped twice and lost around ten eight on one, uh, two of the judges' scorecards. I think, one or two of them, um, which I don't agree with. Because yeah, I don't. Because it was yeah. actually, it was a really competitive first round besides the two knockdowns. Yeah, yeah, I don't like the. I mean, I like the new rules. But like I, don't, I think for me, I'm very uh, conservative with handing out ten eights. Like I don't believe in ten eights unless I think you were like literally like you were gonna finish the fight. And like Almeida got rocked, but he still like recovered pretty well and had his wits. It wasn't like he was, you know, he wasn't on his last leg. But like, like I'm fine with more liberal ten eights if it's like dominant. Like if Rivera dropped him twice was like outlanding him two to one, like fine that's a ten eight round to me. Right. But this was like really competitive. Right. Like Almeida was still landing. He like, he was having success with the leg kick and the teeps. Um outside of that, like it, it was a really competitive fight all the way through. Even into like the final round. But um yeah, no, J- Rivera, he is so amazing with his counter game early. And it's always the thing that hurts the other guy because he's so quick to get yourself. Like he, all right, um, you're gonna do, you're going to raise your leg here, and you're gonna fake the kick. I can tell the difference between what's a teep and what's a fake, so I'm going to come over the top with the counter, the counter overhand right, and he gets it like that. Like Almeida is like the exact opposite, where he kind of has to feel you out for like the first round. He has to drop the first round to really like get a sense of what you're doing. He has to like, he has to be woken up. Rivera, like his time is so amazing, and his ability his ability to just read what his opponent's gonna do. Like that's why I was kind of banging first round TK, like getting, trying to get a first round knockout. Because I'm like, I don't think Almeida's gonna be able to adjust in time for um before Rivera just like knocks him out. He almost did twice. Yeah. So good on him. <laughs> um, that's why Cruz interests me. Because if Rivera, um, if Rivera get one of Cruz's tells early, he's, he can put him on his back. And that really interests me. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I, I'm... I don't think I don't think Rivera is going to be like. Uh, just completely lost on the feet. Not at all. Not not with that hand speed. <laughs> nah, man. That that dude. He's he he's the real deal. He he. I think this cements him as another one of those. You know, he he's an elite in that division now. I think. Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Just a reminder, like this dude's on a twenty win streak, or a twenty fight win streak. I'm sorry. Um, he lost he lost his second pro fight. And that's it. Yeah, he, he's won twenty then. straight. Like, he's not. It's not even like he's beating like no names. Like right, he's he beating like. Faber. He 
He beat Brian Kelleher, like Jesse Brock, Bo Roberts, like Jared Papazian, Abel Cullum. Like these are guys who, if you follow the regional scene, at one point were probably like a win or two away from being in the UFC. Where being a win or two away from being in the UFC meant you were a really good fighter, and not that the UFC had a really big roster that where they needed to fill spots. Like Sidemar uh, Honorio, um, Anthony Durrell, Carson Beebs, uh, and then he gets to the UFC. He beats Pedro Munoz, Gary Alcantara, Thomas Almeida, and your favorite. Like he is ready for, he's as ready as he's ever going to be for the TJ Dillashaw, Dominic Cruz's, and Cody Garbrandt of this division. Right. So, so they should, one of those should be his next fight, and nobody else. Like I'm sorry. Rafael and Sun Sal, but like I, I want to see Jimmy fight somebody for in a fight that has like meaning. Yeah, I, I feel like we should just jump to Jimmy and Cruz, especially after <laughs> Jimmy called him out and then Cruz said, um, you know, he had talked to Jimmy and it was like Jimmy, you know, was like, yeah, you know, I respect you, and Cruz was like, yeah, you should respect me. <laughs> so I feel like we just need to make this like. That's just not waste. Don't don't waste any more time. Cruz also saying you need a belt to hold up the middle pants when uh, if you want to fight me. <laughs> so, oh man, always, always with that quick wit. I, I, I'm digging that. Yeah, man. So, um, Cruz is always always ready with the with the counters. But yeah, man, that was, that was an awesome awesome fight. Um. For Almeida, I, I still believe one day this man will fight for a title. I don't know if he'll hold it, but I, th- I think he'll fight for one. But, um, I mean, no no shame in his losses. He, I mean, so far he's only lost literally to the best of the best. I mean, he lost to the champ, well, who would eventually go on to become the champ. And then this loss to Jimmy. Um, I just feel like if he tightens up that defense a little bit, like, He'll be a problem for pretty much anybody. I just think at points he just kind of leaves himself too open to be hit. And... Like, what really stands out to me is like he doesn't bend at the waist like, like at all, so he's just like straight up in the air the entire yeah. time. Yeah. It's like, like that he... head is just a target. <laughs> like he starts with his head on the center line, and like sometimes he'll move it out of the way, but like his, def- his defense is mainly just like throw the double, um, throw his hands up and, like, try to block. And, like, sometimes he'll get, like, a parry and, um, a hook to the body leg kick type scenario or, um, or he'll move his head and follow up with, like, a right hand or something, like, something that ends up on his highlight reel. But, uh, I don't know. Like, I'm not becoming less sold on Almeida as a future contender, so much as like, I'm questioning if he's making the right moves to get to that point. Cause right. I think eventually he'll, I think eventually he'll build the momentum back up and he'll beat a few guys and like he'll get a title shot anyway. But I, I'm, I'm curious if he's gonna rugby win the. Uh, yeah. Wait. It's a weird thing just happened. You started something. My apologies. During the recording of this podcast, <laughs> my laptop repeatedly overheated. So um, I had to do a few edits. This is one of them. There might be another one coming. Back to the show. 
Alright guys, welcome back to the Dojo Talk Podcast. I apologize for the technical difficulties. If I was done my due diligence <laughs> as a host and an editor, I would have edited this some funky way uh, to transition right back in. So <laughs> half this podcast was recorded yesterday. The other half is recorded Monday on the 24th because my laptop uh, overheated and just shut off. And then it repeatedly shut off. Um... Yeah, my laptop's on its last leg, but we're going to use it until it does. <laughs> so, to kick off where we left off, um, the I think this was the feature prelim fight, uh, Zaleski Dos Santos and Lyman Good. Um, I love this fight for a number of reasons. <laughs> for one, it was a it was a pretty it was a really good, really great, entertaining fight. Uh, for two, Lyman Good. Cornerman probably gave some of the best, <laughs> most realist advice I've ever heard. Um, I think it was at the end of the second. Uh, I guess just to paint a quick picture um, of the fight. I felt like all these rounds to me were relatively close. Um, pretty much them striking back and forth. Um, Lyman Good definitely, really, they both landed a lot of great shots. It's a really good stand up fight. But it seemed like towards the second round, Lyman Good kind of, I want to say, kind of let his foot off the gas a little bit. Like it, it seemed like he wasn't getting off as much as he was in the first round, and his, his cornerman definitely noticed it. So he goes back to his cornerman after the second round, and his cornerman's immediately like, "Why aren't you, you know, why aren't you letting your hands go? Why aren't you firing shots?" And Lyman Good's like, "I don't want to get knocked out." cornerman just losing it he's like what get knocked out your family's in the crowd they're watching you fight so on and so forth and <laughs> like I, I died laughing when i heard that and then you know they go out really competitive third round um but uh live and good came up short um i'm not gonna lie though like m when i first watched this i scored it for zaleski when i rewatched it i actually did score it for good but like I could definitely see, I'm not against Zaleski winning at all. Like it, it was a really, 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 really close fight. Um, definitely one of the best prelim fights and a good showing for for both gentlemen. And just shout out to Lama Goodman, former Bellator champ. Uh, I think he was injured for like two years, wasn't he? So like he... okay, so I've, I think I've told the story before elsewhere, but Lyman, uh, before he fought Ben Askren, destroyed his shoulder. Um, actually, really badly. He he popped it out. If like it came out the socket. Oh. And I know, uh, I know this story because my aunt used to be a pro fighter with Ty uh, Team Tiger Showman. So she trained with the Rivera and Hall and Nick Pace and Luis Galeno and Lyman Good. And she was there when this happened. So he, his shoulder pops out of his socket. So, serious answer. What do you, well, if your shoulder was to pop out of your socket when you were in the middle of training? What would you do? Um, I've never had that bad of an injury, so I would probably cry. Um, <laughs> I'm definitely not fighting anymore. I'm not gonna keep training. It's probably a wrap for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm going home. Yeah no. yeah, no. Okay, so what ends up happening is, I guess he watched like a Steven like Seagal movie <laughs> where. where Steve, like Seagal's like arm popped out of his shoulder too, so what he did is he uh, like in, uh, what he did is he ran straight into the wall, 
shoulder first, continually trying to pop it back into place. Oh, man. <laughs> That's straight out of, like, the old Kung Fu movies. And that <laughs> is where Lyman Good's injury woes began. Oh, he man. lost a year of his career in Bellator as the champion and came back and got beaten by Ben Askren. And has not looked the same ever since, despite you know having mixed success in Bellator in the UFC and CFFC. Like we are getting a diminished version of Lyman at this point. Oh. But um, I think he in the UFC he did miss. Um, he missed one year because of um, an anti-doping violation stemming from. I want to say it was like a tainted supplement. That and he guys sentenced to like six months or something like that but he also missed for like a, he also missed a year because of injury or something I, I don't remember what for he like he had a fight booked and everything um actually i can look it up since i'm right here oh man but he had a fight booked against um was it yeah he had a fight booked against Malal, uh, Malal, uh omari akhmadov back in 2015 december and he got hurt and then when he got booked for a re um his next fight in November of 2016, uh, he failed that drug test. So, this was his comeback fight. Uh, he didn't look bad. No, he did not. He he looked really good, actually. Just probably a like if he would have put a, a bit more pressure in that. Yeah, rock, yeah. He might he might have edged it out. Also, word to the wise: Doug Crosby is the one who scored this fight. Um. Doug Crosby and, and Mullen. I can't remember. I think it's John Mullen. They did 30-27? They were the ones who scored 30-27 for Dos Santos. Yeah. Mullen is a... Um, how do I say this? Like, Mullen's a respectable dude. I think he just turned in a bad card. But Doug Crosby is like... Because I, I was actually listening to the, uh, the Jordan Breen show earlier today. And they were going in on... Him and TJ DeSantis were just going in on Doug Crosby. <laughs> Like if if you've never seen that piece about how Doug Crosby like does goes about refereeing fight or judging fights, it's the most pretentious, asinine bullshit you ever see. He has beef with like a bunch of people in New York, so like diamonds goods from that area. Um, how do they still let him judge though? Like... I don't I don't know. Like, dude, I he, he is such a dick and, he, and the thing is it's not like he's a dick and he doesn't know it. he revels in it like he revels in being just a bad person and a bad MMA judge and it's like it's almost like he does it on purpose so there's so there's a bit of like there's a bit a part of me that wants to say you know what this is probably um not negligence but uh just straight up corruption. Like this, this apartment is like, okay, he these guys run in the same MMA circles. They're both from like the Northeast. Doug Crosby seems to get on everybody's nerves. Like I think he, like yeah, I think he has like a restraining. Like there was a restraining order filed against him by like Sarah Longo. Jesus. Or one way or the other. Like I can't. Yeah, but like this, this dude should not be anywhere near an MMA case judging fights be because he is just willfully terrible at his job 
Yeah, I was like, there's no way this fight. Like, I wasn't mad at the decision at all, but like, when I heard 30-27, I was like, you, you gotta be. There's no way. There's no way this is 30-27. Like, I'm biased. I thought Lyman won, but I'm all, like I said, I'm biased. Like, I, I, Lyman was one of the first MMA fighters I've, I actually ever watched because I used to work with my aunt at her gym, which was the Tiger Showman's gym, and the only. Like, I'd sit in front of a computer that would not have anything, like, would not let you search anything but Tiger Showman-related stuff. So I would just sit there and watch him and, and um, Uriah Hall for, like, for, like, six hours a day. <laughs> oh, man. But I don't want to undersell uh, uh, Dos Santos. He is on a, what, three-fight yeah. win streak now. He's four and one. I mean, sorry, three and one uh, in the UFC. So he has wins over a Laman Good. Uh, Kita Nakamura and yep, Omari Akhmedov. So it's crazy how good he is as a third round fighter. Cause um, like these Brazilian dudes who tend to come into the UFC at welterweight, like uh, what's the homie's name? Oh, Walari uh, Alvarez. Hmm. Alves Alvarez, something like that. I think it's Alvarez. Yeah, they tend yeah. to fade hella like hella quick in the third round. Yeah, no, this dude's or a just, dog. Like, in the second round. Yeah, yeah, he won this fight in the sixth round. Yeah, like he he straight just, <laughs> just straight dog effort just. And once he got his jab going, he was really fucking lining up. Like that third round was the most conclusive round, and he won it pretty clean. Like even on my scorecard, the dude has really... a chin too. Actually, speaking of chins, because there was a point, really both of them ate a lot of shots that I feel like would have knocked a lot of people out. But okay. Lyman ate a flying knee. Straight to the chin. It just like walked <laughs> right, like nothing happened. Like I feel like his head really didn't budge that much. I don't know. It was Have weird. You seen this man's freaking like jawline slash. <laughs> yeah, like this dude is. He's he's got that uh, uh guy. What's the Bellator guy's name who won the belt? Hector Lombard. No, uh, the lightweight champ who beat Chandler and the the you know the freak. Oh. Brent Primus? Yeah, like, they both have that, like, freakish build where it's like, they look like superheroes. Like, like I, I, I can't even, like, Lyman fails the eye test. <laughs> it is so vascular. It's so, like, oh my, like, he, he looks straight up like an action figure. Yeah, it was, whew. That was, a, that was an awesome, awesome fight, though, and... I mean, yeah, good for Dos Santos, man. Like, quietly on a three-fight win streak and having a name like Lyman on your record is definitely a good look. And I'm, I don't remember these other two fights, but I feel like they're probably all fun because he doesn't seem to know anything but to push forward and <laughs> just, just just go. Just, just go time. Well, this fight was the second fight of the night. Uh, that Omari Akhmedov fight, he won fight of the night on that too, so. Mm. But yeah, you know, he's playing a really good game together. Like, he's creative, he's, like, he's out here just, like, doing stuff from range. Not a lot of really good range strikers at welterweight, oddly enough. <laughs> like, there's Wonder Boy and, um, Condit. That's basically it. Gunner's not a good range striker. Um, yeah, no, that's basically it. Like, not a hell of a lot of dudes who can just fight at range. Yeah. Well, uh, 
We'll see what happens with these two, though. I do I definitely hope to see Lyman again. I mean, I'm pretty sure he'll he'll be back. And now I'm, I'm on notice with Dos Santos now. So I'm pretty sure next fight, if, whether he loses or wins, somebody's, you know, it's, it's going to be nice and violent. Um, Lyman should be like Nick Catone, where, like, Nick Catone fights on every jersey card ever and is just, like, the worst fight on the card. <laughs> But like Lyman's the exact opposite. He just fights on every New York card because they're in New York like six, seven times a year now. So just throw them on three New York cards a year. Yeah. And they'll be entertaining fights, regardless. Mm-hmm. And you know, with with that chin <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm all for it. I'm definitely all for it. This kinda makes me mad that the Bilal Muhammad fight didn't happen because that would have been fun. God. Oh yeah, because Bilal beat uh yeah, who the uh... Randy Brown? Um... Oh, the mean fight. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, that definitely would have been that definitely would have been fun. But um, yeah, awesome showing from both of them. The really great prelim fight. Actually, the a lot of these prelims were pretty good. Um, moving on to another violent fight. Um, mm-hmm. one that did not go to decision at all. <laughs> uh, Eric Anders and Rafael Natal. Um, all right, so I'm gonna say this two things up front. Um. I should hate Eric Sanders. Just background on him. Um, he was a part, I think, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong out there. I believe he was a part of the Alabama Crimson Tide team that beat my Longhorns in the 2010 College Football Championship. 2009. Well, yeah. That, I, so I should hate him. But part of me does. Small part of me does. Um, but I did watch him in LFA. I saw like his last fight before he got signed. Obviously, freakishly athletic, really big, <laughs> and for someone who hasn't been training in MMA that long, he, you know, he's, you know, not the most well-rounded dude, but like he's he's pretty solid. And when I saw he was fighting Natal for his first like UFC fight, to be honest, I did not think he would win. Like that, that's a tough, a tough task for your first <laughs> UFC fight. And um, yeah, he passed flying colors. Um, this dude hits incredibly hard. <laughs> like incredibly hard. I don't know what happened to Natal at one point where Anders rocked him. I think he caught him with like a left and then he did like a flying knee against the cage. And I don't know if it was the knee that had Natal kind of dazed, but like he he did this like running stumble from one end of the cage all the way to the other end. And I, I don't know what he was he trying to do. Yeah. I don't know what that was about. I, I'm going to credit it to Anders probably just hitting him so hard because Anders just looks like he's freakishly powerful. And, um, yeah, not that fight didn't last too long after that. Um, yeah, he, he went to the other side of the cage. I think he got beat up on a little bit. And then I think the fight ended. Like, Anders doubled up on a left. And the second left just shut the lights out. And like, It was a punch that reminded me of um, Stipe knocking out JDS. Like, it was just a straight candy that directly <laughs> through his chin. Yeah, and he just he just died. Like, that was that was it. And in his UFC debut, like, not, not that, like, Natal is, like, a world beater, but I'm impressed, like, for to fight someone with that much experience in your debut. And not only did you win, but, like, you literally, like, you cleaned his clock. You know, mm. Pro- like, props to him, man. Natal's a dude who went the distance with Robert Whitaker. Like, he he's tough, and he's not a dude who you should beat 
when you've only been fighting for two years. Right. So, like, huge props to Anders. Comes out here and just... I, you can't ask for a better um, debut. You really Not at can. all. Not at all. A Molly Wap. <laughs> a straight Molly Wap. That run, though. Oh, my God. That run to the other side of the cage. <laughs> oh, man. I don't ever want to know what it's like to get hit that hard and have that. <laughs> I don't want to ever know what that feels like. But, man. Yeah, like, just going back real quick. Natal is a good fighter. Like, a really good fighter for middleweight. Um, But he's also kind of just a reminder of, like, the athletic gap between the very elite of the division and everybody else. Because like, it's him... Um, Tim Boach, uh, I'm trying to think. Our boy, uh, crap, he just signed, who's the dude who just signed with Gory? Oh, Kamozi. Chris Kamozi. Like, these are all talented fighters who, when you see fight elite fighters, you just realize there's a, just a huge athletic, athletic and technical gap right. between the, like, between the two sides that just can't be made up for it with just straight up toughness and and just blew him out the water and proved that he is athletically at least on that other side I really liked in the post fight interview he was talking about how he fought um, because he fought at LFA 14 like oh god that wasn't even a month ago yeah that wasn't that long ago at all and he was he got injured in that fight yeah but he was talking about how in that fight he was crowding himself, how um, he couldn't really finish Allen because he was every time he would land a punch, he just like get, he would um, close the distance himself and just crowd him instead of just trying to go for the finish and trying to connect that range. And he changed that up here. Like that was something he focused on for this fight, and it's crazy to think in just what probably like two three weeks of training. That was something he focused on was able to do against a fighter who is so much better than basically anybody else he's ever fought. Right. Oof. So, great signs. Anders, one of the... Uh, he's not even young, he's 30, but he, he's one of the guys coming up at 180 who you have to pay attention to because the rest of the division is old and has beaten the crap out of one another for a few <laughs> years now. And I, I do hope that, uh, I don't know if it'll be like a, a poster child for it, but I think it's good that someone who has that great of an athletic background, I mean, as much as I hate Alabama, they're, they're a top school for a reason. So I, I think it's great that somebody of, of that physical talent, you know, found their way into the UFC. I think his story was that he tried out for Canadian football, and like that didn't, I guess that didn't pan out, so... Yeah, he signed with the Cleveland Browns for a little bit, but he, I don't think he made the team. Yeah. So, like, he tried football. It, it didn't work out. And he, I think he said, like, jiu-jitsu was the first thing he got into, and then, you know, he ended up getting an MMA. So, hopefully other athletes follow, man. If, if They're uh, more freakishly powerful. <laughs> well, like, this M like, football, failed football players and um, combat sports is nothing new. Like your Matt Mitrione's, your Brandon. Oh Shops. yeah, that's true. What's the what's the dude's name? Was uh God like Seth Mitchell? Actually, you could I guess you could count Brock Lesnar too. 
Well, I mean, he he was yeah, he was in the NFL, but well, Brock Lesnar Brock Lesnar's a wrestler. Oh well, yeah, yeah, that is true. He did wrestle him first. Not like not even the pro stuff, like just this amateur wrestler. Like yeah, he yeah. plays football, but that's like LeBron saying he played football in high school. You know? Yeah. There's a difference, even if you are great at the other thing. But um, I'm trying to think. God, Seth Mitchell, because he fought somebody who was a football player. Was it Chaz Witherspoon? No. Whatever. Hell. The freaking the only United States heavyweight champion in like the last ten years is a former basketball player for like the University of Alabama. Wow, I didn't I did not know he played basketball. Yeah. Wilder was a basketball player for the University of Alabama. <laughs> like for I think for like a year before his daughter was born and he quit. Let me make 100% sure of this. Yep. Learn something new. Did not know. I taught Stipe like 6. Yeah, about 6'4". Wait, I might be spreading false information here. I think he tried, He wanted to be, but um, he didn't make it. Yeah, close he enough. Didn't, he didn't, he, he, I think he ended up playing a um, intramural ball. Or something, or what's the junior college ball? Okay, that's still something. He, he was an, he was still an, an athlete of sorts. But um, yeah. As for Eric Anders, I will um, I will bypass your Alabama Crimson Tide. I will look past that, and I will uh, I, I will I will root for you. Oh, you still there? Uh oh. I think I lost my co-host. Hello? I don't know why I'm explaining these edits. <laughs> like you guys even care. But uh, yeah, so first I get cut off. And then Antaku gets cut off. Skype literally just kicked them out. But uh, good news. We're back. Alright guys, we're uh, back again. There will be more editing. <laughs> It's gonna be like three DJ scratches in this episode where it just stops, but at least you didn't have to wait a whole day. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but um, oh boy. All right, let me pull these fights back up. Okay, so yeah, I guess uh, yeah, just uh, I guess the in that um, uh, that fight. Yep. Yeah, um, major props to Eric Anders. Um, I will bypass your Alabama Crimson Tide. Um, I'll 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 try to bypass that and root for you. I still hold that. Um, I still never got over that loss. That I I I don't want to you know what I don't want to talk about it. That's gonna go down another rabbit hole that I just don't want to get into. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, what you say? I just realized something. Yeah. I, the guy I was thinking about was Walt Harris. He he didn't play for Alabama, but he played college basketball, and now he's a UFC heavyweight. Oh man, you know what school he played for? Uh. Jackson State or something like that. Oh, okay. <sighs> oh boy. But yeah, prop props to Anders. Great, great, uh, great knockout. Um, oh, on to knockouts. Another knockout, and not just a knockout, but we got a face plant. <laughs> a very epic face plant. Uh, 
Cowboy and not Cerrone, uh, Alex Cowboy, Oliveira, and Ron LaFleur. Um, LaFleur won the first round pretty handedly. Didn't really dish out a lot of damage, just more so controlled him on the ground. Uh, kind of just controlled him with positioning. I think at one point he went for a north-south choke, but I don't think that went anywhere. And he kind of just held him down for the rest of the round. And then the <laughs> second round, Alex starts to bounce around on his feet. He's getting loose with his strikes. You know, everything going for him is pretty much looking good. And then LaFleur, not really sure what he went for. It was kind of like this weird lunging left. I don't know if it was supposed to be a takedown or if he was just shooting a left hand. But um, he was literally just bum rushing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where that came from or why he did it, but uh, he ate an uppercut for his troubles, and he immediately face planted, and uh, the crowd just kind of went silent. And um, yeah, it's one of the better walk off KOs I think I've seen this year. Um, it was a pretty epic face plant, <laughs> nasty KO by Oliveira, man. I, I like watching this dude fight. He, he's really, he's a character. Thank, thank God Wyman won. Because otherwise, this would have been like the Sweden card where like Gustafsson got knocked down in the first round. And it's like 4 o'clock in the morning and all the Swedish fa- fighters are like, all the Swedish fans are just pissed. Like they just <laughs> watched their hero die. They stayed up till 4 o'clock in the morning to watch their hero die, the freaking Anthony Rumble Johnson. Because... Yeah, like, all the New York fighters on this card. Like, Lyman Good, Javier Latau, Ryan LaFleur, Brian Keller, uh, Frankie Perez. Wait, was it? Yeah, Frankie Perez is a local dude. I guess, well, that didn't count because they're both from around here. Um, John Volante, Dennis Bermudez. Yeah, not a good night for them. Mm-hmm. Besides Jimmy and Shane, like, Weidman was the only high point for them. But Alex Oliveira, this dude is just like a straight up, uh, like just straight up powerhouse. A very yeah. large welterweight. <laughs> Who used to fight that lightweight? Right, right. Who ragdolled Will Brooks around like he was a child? Like after blowing weight by like seven pounds. Yeah. I but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, forgot, but still, yeah, this dude is. It's a scary, it's a scary gentleman. Dude, Alex Oliveira is like one of the very best pure athletes in the at welterweight. I I'm not sure how much of his skills transfer all the way up the totem pole, but like he's getting better. He's getting significantly better. Like that uppercut was a thing of beauty. Oh yeah, it was. Patrick Cummings OSP-esque. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then he fights, like in this fight, he has that long, really, like, kind of just awkward style. He's just kind of bouncing around, and I feel like LaFleur just got frustrated because he couldn't get a read on him, and he was like, you know what, whatever, I'm just going to go for broke. And uh, it didn't, um, yeah, did not pan out <laughs> too, too yeah, well for it, him. It was, re- it, it was really funny. It was funny. Uh, Brian Stan or John. I think it was John. No, it was, no, no, no. It was Brian Stan because I know exactly what you're about to say. They were saying that he was having too much fun. No. Oh, okay. No, but, but that was funny too. Um, <laughs> like, one of them made the comment that, like, um, that 
Oliver had to make it ugly and to mean uh, not to mean so freaking Ryan LaFair had to be technical. Like Alex Oliver is a way more technical striker than Ryan LaFair. Right. Like at least when it comes to the striking. And we we saw it here in the final sequence where Oliveira I, I think Lafair was trying to back him up. I, I don't think he was trying to actually just take him down or push off on him, but it was just trying to like scare him so he would back off and like he could get a read on him. Like it was a feint of sorts. And Oliveira was just like, Fuck that <laughs> And just hit him as hard as he could. Man. And like there was no it was weird because when the KO happened, the way the cameraman was positioned, like, he was almost too close that I didn't even see what happened. Like, you just saw LaFleur bum rush, and then a second later, he's just on the ground. And, like, I didn't even know what happened until the replay. And, yeah, that that was it's another thing I don't ever want to experience or know what that feels like to just... I mean, it doesn't hurt. You're unconscious. I'm just saying. That is true. You see, Gabby lucky. Gaffer was lucky in the sense that he didn't survive. <laughs> yeah, I guess like it touches your chin and then your body just gives up. But I imagine you gotta wake up with some kind of headache or something like. Oh no, he definitely had a concussion. Yeah, like that. That was a pretty hard fall. Um, and Ryan Gaffer is a really like a good fighter. Um, and a tough fighter. Yeah, this is only his second loss, first time ever being knocked out. So, a big win. And so, I, I, I don't like I said, I don't know how high he, high up he goes because he's such a bizarre. Like, this is a dude who is literally a cow, who was literally a cowboy before he decided to just pick up like MMA in 2011. <laughs> Amen. Like, he was a rodeo guy. He, he 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 was a professional rodeoist or whatever the hell they call themselves. I'm looking at the rankings. So, it, that that cowboy strength, whatever he, whatever he did in that cowboy life, whatever strength that took, it definitely transferred over. Because this this dude is. I'm looking at the top fifteen. All right, so. I don't know if these rankings are updated, though, because Flair was at 14. Safadine's at 15. Now, I feel like you should just put... i put Oliver over Safadine at this point. I put over Flair, Safadine, and... Has Kim won a fight? He, oh, he beat Safadine. Um... I don't know. I wouldn't be mad at putting Oliver above Stun Gun. Or maybe, like, right below him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see how how far he can he can go. I don't I don't think he beats like the elite elite, but I, I can see him hanging with like anybody like ranked ten and behind that like ten, eleven, twelve. I, I could see him winning. Well, I'll say I wouldn't be surprised if he could somehow figure out because if, if he touches your chin, he's probably gonna knock you out. But then, if he can get drag you to the ground and get on top of you, like, yeah. he is just so damn strong. Yeah, this this dude, man. And fun guy. <laughs> really, really, really fun guy. It just seems like he's in there. Like Brian Stead said, it looked like he was having too much fun. But 
I mean, hey man, if you can knock people out like that, why not smile and dance and <laughs> just just kind of do whatever, man? I mean, who's who's gonna stop you? Make uh, them stop you, right? So he he's having fun and hey man, it's it's working. So um, yeah, shout outs to Cowboy. Well, one of the one one of the better to KOs you'll see this year. Um, and Leflair still, you know, still a really good fighter. I'm pretty sure we'll see him back. But um, yeah, man, another really awesome prelim. Um, all right, my screen isn't loading, so I'll let you say whatever the next fight is because my internet <laughs> hates me right now. All right, so the UFC didn't learn their lesson um, last week. When they opened up the FS1 card with the only Jigglyweight fight on the card. <laughs> and they opened up this week's card with the um, Chase Sherman, Damian Grabowski fight. Oh, which wasn't, uh, which in all fairness was not a bad fight. Well, it, it wasn't a competitive fight. But it, it was a showcase fight, for, a showcase fight for Chase Sherman, essentially. Um, he looked really good. He was patient. He was picking shots. He was using the full his full repertoire of strikes. Um, one of the things I really loved that he was doing was he, um, whenever Grabowski would cover up at, while Sherman was throwing a combination, he would throw light touches in there instead of just like trying to power through. So he was still touching him and still making him uncomfortable, but he wasn't just like completely wasting his energy. And he did that a few times, and I, I thought that was pretty neat. Um, he was throwing the standing elbows. He was really backing Grabowski up at points. Um, he was still a little bit too hittable. Like, Grabowski was throwing these wide overhand rights that um, you could see coming a mile away, and they were still landing. But uh, other than that, like, Sherman looked really solid. Yeah, um... I don't have too much to add to this fight because I don't remember it all that often. But yeah, I, I just kind of remember Sherman kickboxing him to death for three rounds. <laughs> Pretty much. And Grabowski, I mean, for what it's worth, was able to take a lot of punishment and not get finished. Um, but yeah, Sherman looked pretty solid from what I saw. But I can't can't add too much because this was one of the fights I did not rewatch, to be honest. But um, solid win for Sherman. I see him all over Twitter. It always seems like he's having a good time, so... <laughs> according, to, according to Ariel Hawani, he uh, that's his manager, just like constantly getting in the middle of all the MMA talk. Ah, that's not him. Which, ah. like, which makes sense. Okay. Like, like it's good marketing. It is. It it works. It, it works though. So, yeah, I always see him pop up on my Twitter timeline. So, the, the manager's doing a good job, keep keeping his name out there. And um, he, Sherman's out here putting on good performances. Yeah. Off that. Crazy ass fight he had with the um, what's the name? Freaking, where he just knocked him out with like a standing elbow after a uh, Rashad Coulter. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that was a nasty. <laughs> that, was a, that, yeah. that whole fight was just bizarre. Like Coulter almost knocked him out on one leg. <laughs> that was a pre. Was that a pre? I can't remember. What I car? Believe. Who headlined that car? What car uh, was that? That was UFC 211. Because I feel like that card had a lot of violence on it. That was a my that was a Stipe fight. Okay. JDS fight. Yeah, yeah. That that was a really bizarre. Yeah, that was a wild, wild fight. So yeah, shout out to Sherman. I mean, any heavyweight that's doing remotely good, hey man, any fresh new face, I'm I'm rooting for you. <laughs> I'm definitely rooting for you. 
it's just really nice to see somebody uh, a heavyweight make improvements because we don't see that a lot. They tend to stay the same. Right. So yeah, shout outs to him and his manager on Twitter. You're doing you're doing a good job, sir or madam, whoever you are <laughs> out there. Um, I guess we'll brush over the Jeremy Kennedy Kyle Bachniak fight. I don't remember it much. I just remember Jeremy Kennedy called out Gray Maynard and he used a lot of wrestling. Uh, I, I will say Kennedy had a really great takedown entry where he um he had a double collar tie on Bosniak uh, as Bosniak was coming forward, hit him with a knee as Bosniak went up to like he was standing up straight. Kennedy feeling Bosniak pressing forward ducks down and it's a double leg. It was one of the prettiest like takedown entries I've ever seen. So props to that. But other than that, it was a pretty boring fight. Not, uh, yeah, boring. It was a boring fight. <laughs> or it was a fight where a lot of stuff didn't happen, I guess. Like, it, 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 by itself, in a vacuum, it's not a terrible fight. But it's nothing you have to rewatch. Yeah. yeah we'll see if we get that Gray Maynard fight. Test that, uh, <laughs> test that wrestling out. <laughs> see how good that Canadian wrestling really is. Yeah, man. Yeah. Against, against, yeah. I don't know, I could see him. Actually, you know what? I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going <laughs> to. Let's just leave it alone. Is, uh, it weird, is it weird that people feel sad for Grey Maynard? <laughs> yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I, I wanted to leave it alone, bro, because I was like, I, I I could almost see him maybe winning that fight. But then I don't know, because Wait, if it if it's straight I'm grappling, saying, though. I'm just saying, because, like, remember before the Edgar fight when everybody hated Maynard? And after, like, the, um, what was it, the... Guida fight where everybody hated Maynard because he was boring. <laughs> but now, yeah, now it's just like, but I mean, now, now everybody just feels sorry for him and it's just like, uh. I mean, I, I guess at forty-five, he's he's doing okay though. He's you know not he's not the Maynard of old, but there's there's something left in the tank. He's he's still got something left in there. I don't I don't know if if Kennedy wins a straight up grappling match, which I feel like is what he intends to do, but. Hey man, go 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 for it! And everybody wants that one veteran name under their record, so hey, why why not go for Gray? You know. But um, this next fight, uh, which had a, a pretty awesome finish, uh, Marlon Vera and Brian Kelleher. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Kelleher was the guy who upset was that Alcantara. Yes. In his last fight? Okay, yeah, because I knew I remembered him from somewhere. And that was his debut, which, kind of like uh, Anders, like, that's a pretty, that's a solid debut win to beat somebody that good. Um, but Marlon Vera <laughs> pulled off a really dope um, uh, armbar. I don't remember much of the fight before the armbar. I just kind of remember the finish. I think it started where, like, he went for a Kimura. And they ended up on the ground, and he just never let go. Basically, <laughs> he yeah. never let go of Kelleher's arm. Like you can literally just see him climb, um, freeing Kelleher's arm to get the like, to get the arm bar. Yeah. And like, as soon as he locked it in, like Kelleher just tapped. Like he didn't waste any time. So, yeah, shout out to Verma. That that was a nasty. That was a nasty arm bar. What was Vera's last fight? Because I feel like I saw him not too long ago. He knocked that Brad Pickett. Oh, Lord. Okay, that's what I remember. Oh, no. That's why I don't want to remember that fight. Because I felt bad for Pickett. Good showing, though. He's, he's a really, really good fighter. And, yeah, that was... 
probably one of the better submissions I've seen this year. Um, I don't really remember much of the Junior Albini Timothy Johnson fight. I think this ended with hammer fist, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I don't it remember was, much else. It was actually one of the more um, impressive debuts for heavyweight. The finishing sequence here. I want to get it right because it was like it's something we don't see a lot of heavyweight fighters. So, um, I want to say Albini him with like a multi-limb combination before uh, Johnson went down, like a perfectly placed knee. Uh, where is it? Damn it! Let's see if I can find it. Yeah, here we go. Left hook, right hand. Oh, that's just the ending combination. I want to see the whole thing. Knee, okay, left hook, knee. Yeah, so. Left hook, knee. Left hook, right hand. And that down goes Timothy Johnson. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that was hella impressive. Like, we, we, uh, um, heavy, what you don't get a lot of do is just throwing like multi limb combinations to finish fights, especially in their UFC debut. Oh, did you hear anything about this, like Albini? No, what's uh, what's the story? So Albini has been poor his entire life, and he's been so poor that like he can't, he couldn't afford like toys for his daughter so she's been been playing with like shampoo bottles oh no yeah they did they did mention that during like the pre-fight and he was like yo he was like i i, I literally got my first paycheck this week for doing all this like promote like do, just like showing up i guess right so they paid like they paid him and he went to target and got his daughter toys it was like the first time she's ever had toys in her entire life oh man and he got a performance of the night born this, so it's another 50 G's on top of that. Hey, man, that's awesome. I, I that's don't know if, like, Brazilian taxes, like, I know they're high. So, uh, but, yeah, hey, that's, no, that's, like, that's something. Props to him. Like, it's, it's just a really feel-good story. Yeah. That's why, that's why we, that's, like, why we follow this sport is, like, for stories like that, so. Yeah, I'm looking at him. Hey, he's only 26, so. Yeah, he's got time, plenty of time to get even better, and especially in that division where age is always on your side because you can be like forty-five and still, <laughs> yeah. still bang. So, yeah, man, definitely props to him. And like I said, any any heavyweight that does remotely good, who's a fresh face, they're they're worth keeping an eye on. And yeah, that's that's definitely a great story. Shout out to Target. They got some good stuff in there. Just throwing that out uh, there. I, my favorite part. <laughs> My favorite part about um, my favorite part about being um, somebody called him Fat Little Machida Baby on Twitter, <laughs> and now I can't get that image. Out of my mind. <laughs> he is a big boy. <laughs> Fat Little Machida. Uh. <laughs> Speaking of which, Brian Sand made the point to bring it up during the the, the, um, the broadcast. 
Albini's legs are fucking huge. Like, actual tree trunks are attached to his legs. They are ridiculously big. Let's see if I can, uh... Let's <laughs> see if I can get a visual real quick. <laughs> Junior Albini. Like, he, 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 like he has a light, heavyweight, like, top build. And, like, his legs are just, like, the world's biggest man. Like, a strong man's. Oh, God. All right, let's see. Mm -hmm. Do, do, do. Come on, I need a full, need a full body picture. Mm. Okay, hold up. I think I got some. I think I got some. Jesus Christ. Yeah, this is a big... <laughs> now that I see his face. Oh, the Machida. Oh, yeah, now you can't unsee that. <laughs> oh, God. But shout-outs to him, man. Yeah, that was a, you know, definitely definitely good performance, good debut. And I guess the uh, last, well, quickly I'll mention, even though we won't even go into it, uh, Chris Wade won a decision over Frankie Perez. Um, but the last fight we will go into detail about, which was I mean, another... Detail, not really. Yeah, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like big shout, big shout to um, Shane Burgos, I guess. Uh, yeah. yeah, Burgos and uh, Godofredo Castro. Um, really awesome, violent fight in which there was a moment in this fight where like <laughs> they were hitting each other and smiling at each other and sticking their tongues out. It was one of those Mad Men moments, kind of like Holloway and uh, Lamas, where it's just like two dudes who have just clearly lost it. <laughs> It was pretty awesome, man. And Burgos, Burgos is a beast, man. This dude's, this dude's nasty, man. He's he's legit. Definitely somebody to to keep an eye on. Um, and I guess he's one of the few New Yorkers who, <laughs> who left with a W. So, uh, shout outs to him for being one of the bright spots for New York that night. Um, but yeah, that was pretty much the uh, entire card. Uh. I know there was a, an article that came out today that the uh, viewings, uh, views weren't that good. It was 1.64, um, which I think that's the lowest that they've had uh, on Fox. But, I mean, that aside, this card, not big in name power, but this is a really solid card, man, top to bottom. Like, there, there were a lot of good fights um, top to bottom. I mean, you got everything. You had split decisions. KOs, submissions, like anything you could ask for was pretty much on this card. So, you know, numbers aside, th this card delivered. I, I was impressed. And once again, I can't stress enough, four fight main cards. Uh, I love it. Keep keep doing that. Let's let's not do these six fights so I don't have to stay up until 1.30 in the morning. <laughs> but, um, yeah, awesome night. Awesome night of fights. Um... Kind of hard to say at what time we're at because we've started and stopped 80 times. Yeah, we're kind of split over. <laughs> but um, I guess we'll uh, wind it down with uh, parting shout-outs and shots. So um, I'm going to just give two uh, parting shout-outs. Uh, one will go to Sergey Karatanov, who fought, I believe, that same weekend um, on M1. Uh, he beat Geronimo Dos Santos with an ankle lock, but the reason I'm shouting this fight out is because the way he got the ankle lock was 
pretty cool. Like, he... I don't even really know how to describe it. But, like, he... They were on the ground, and he got the ankle lock somehow from the bottom. Like, he wrapped his leg around Dos, uh, Dos Santos' leg. And I don't know. He did some kind of weird wizardry. <laughs> but it, it worked. It, it was it was really cool to see. So, uh, shout-outs to him. That was, that was a, a pretty cool finish. And uh, I guess uh, last parting shout-out for me will go to Chris Camozzi, who signed to glory. Uh, I believe as of today, which is Monday the uh, 24th, um, you guys might laugh at him signing the glory, but uh, as the Anti-Core reminded me, uh, Dustin Jacoby <laughs> signed to glory, and while he wasn't like the greatest MMA, right, <laughs> wasn't the greatest MMA fighter, but went on to glory to do really good things. Um, hold on, he he didn't he, wasn't he a champ? Was he a champ, or did he just win the tournament? He won a tournament and almost won the belt. Yeah, like... I want to say, like, he, he gave... I want to say he gave, like, Simon Marcus a rough for his money. Yeah, like, he did really good, so... Like, it, it's, it wouldn't be far-fetched that Kamozi could find his way into a title shot in glory. Like, it, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility at all, so... I mean, shout-outs to him, shout-outs to glory. I always look forward to their card, so... I'll definitely be keeping an eye on whenever he... He gets his first fight, and in that division, they're especially like that elite. You know, you get to like those top four, top three guys. He's some stiff competition up there, so I will definitely be uh be keeping an eye out on him. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I got for uh, for shoutouts. All right, um, for shoutouts, I got Ryzen. Ryzen will return this Sunday at one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so immediately following. UFC 214, you'll get all the goodness that is Japanese MMA. I'm talking a card that has um, Kyoji Horiguchi. These, uh, yeah, I'm gonna say it, the second best flyweight. Oh, is this the the tournament card? Yes, this is the beginning oh, of the uh, Grand Prix first round bantamweight tournament. Kyoji Horiguchi is gonna be fighting Hideo Tokoro. Um, also in the tournament will be uh, where is he? Uh, Anthony Burchak, he'll be fighting Takafumi Otsuka. Uh, Keita Ishibashi will be fighting German Kale Taha. And I don't, th I think the other tournament fights are um, to be coming in the future. Because it's supposed to be six, uh, 16 fighters, and that's only six. Um, oh, but also on the card will be Amir Akbari, former world champion wrestler who got kicked out of wrestling because he failed drug tests repeatedly. <laughs> Best known by MMA fans is the guy who got knocked out by Crow Cop in the final. Was it the finals? I want to say it was the finals or the semifinals of the um, first Rising World Grand Prix. It was the finals where he got knocked out by Crow Cop. Mm. He'll be fighting Tyler King, who I want to say like one time was like a really heavily sought after like heavyweight prospect but just like took a nosedive after a while um also on the card uh kid yamamoto's sister miyu or is it sister yeah sister miyu yamamoto at she's 0-2 in mma she's still trying to find her first win um she's an amazing wrestler but yeah no this MMA stuff has not been going well for her. She's been submitted twice in the first round. Um, 
also on the card, which I find hilarious because Derek Cruikshank is doing play-by-play for the card. Yeah, uh, Yusuke uh, Yachi and Satoru Kitaoka. Oh Lord, Yachi is the one who. Uh... Yachi iced him, and <laughs> Kitaoka um, submitted him. Oh. So that should be fun. Um, and uh, oh, Tenshin Nasukawa, best prospect in MMA, a, like literally elite striker. As, as in a guy who's fought competing champions in Muay Thai rules and has knocked them out. He's fighting on the card in a uh, mixed rules fight against um another kickboxer, uh, Kaiserman Saiga. And uh, Gabriel uh, Garcia makes a return. She's fighting an actual fighter this time in um, an actual fighter her size in Oksana Gaglo, Gaglo, uh, Gagoeva. She is an arm wrestling slash boxing national champion Russia, apparently. I'm not sure how accurate that is. I can't find anything about her record. And, of course, my favorite, King Reyna, will be fighting former pro wrestler Lade Tapa. Um, King Reyna, for those who don't know, is like a 5'3 judoka. Um, she uh, is probably most famous by uh, from her Ryzen debut, where she submitted Jazzy Gabbert, who was eventually supposed to fight Gabriel Garcia. She also beat Shayna Baszler, so, earlier this year. So, I don't know, I'm looking forward to the car. I think it's like $20 for the stream. So, if you got some spare change and you and Jones DC didn't slate your bloodlust, <laughs> this should be fun. And uh, my second shout-out. Uh, parting shot. Um, yeah, let's go weird. Remember uh, Alexandra Albu? Uh, no, it doesn't ring a bell. Who's that? Really? She's the mystery fighter that Sean Shelby and Joe Silva signed from Russia who nobody could find any record of her fights. At all. <laughs> She's a ghost. Literally. She had one fight against a scrub on um, that was that surfaced on YouTube, but she kind of became an overnight sensation. Um, how should I put how should I put this gently, or not gently, but tastefully? I'm going to send you. I'm going to send you a picture of hers, and you're going to understand immediately why she is. Probably one of the most popular fighters on VK, which is basic, uh, which is Russian Facebook. All right. Um, I'm trying to find one that's a little bit more tasteful. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Um, I'm I'm struggling here because let's go with this one. It, it, it's she's wearing all her clothes. Uh. Alrighty, let's see what we got going on. Alright, skim my internet a little bit. Whoa! Okay, Whoa. hold up. I can't see the picture's really far. Hold on, I gotta zoom in. Because I can't, the picture's kind of small. So I just uh, kind of see some cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see anything else. Well, my point being, if you go on YouTube and you look her name up, for some crazy reason 
her videos get uh, well crazy reason. Uh, her videos get an obscene amount of views. I want to say like there's a video of her training. Um, that has over a million views, just like straight up a million views. Like there are UFC fighters who have headlined like a whole bunch of pay-per-views who do not have a million views on YouTube. Yeah, they also don't have those cheeks. <laughs> yeah. No, like, if you ever get a VK account like I used to have back in the day to go watch fights, um, she is all up and down the MMA circles on that site. Oh, man. And apparently she, and she fought in the UFC against uh, Isabella Baderick like a while ago, like two years ago, and she was a pretty, she looked pretty damn good. Like, she was a little stiff, but that's probably because she has rarely ever fought in recent years. Um, If she continues to actually show up and fight, uh, I'm interested in seeing how far she can go as like a, as a fighter because she's actually pretty good I'm, I'm pretty sure they would jump to promote that like I'm, I'm pretty yeah no, hell no. yeah yeah no, she hell fits no, yeah. She, yeah she fits that mold <laughs> oh man yeah but like, yeah, I, thought, I thought so... they were gonna push like Paige Van Zant's um looks no 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 pa- Paige would uh, get Alexander uh... Albu would upstage hella quick yeah yeah not even close not even close <laughs> so hold on when was her last fight again her last fight was in 2015 okay. I don't right. think she's been hurt okay alright at least that's like semi recent so she's not like a complete complete ghost but but she for the most part is yeah but we know she exists now at least we know she's fought somebody <laughs> somewhere but oh man, that's dope! I didn't know that uh, that rising car was this weekend. That's awesome. Um, I don't know how I feel about watching it at one in the morning, but well, uh, hold on, quick question: I Do you know? I want to know where Albu freaking came from. Hey man, some people that's... just <laughs> some people just I don't know. They just get dropped down, and we just have to accept it. I was gonna say though for the rising car. So do you know? Like if I throw them my twenty dollars. But let's say I don't watch it at one in the one in the morning. Can I like rewatch later or? I have yeah. no idea. Okay. I don't even remember the name of the site that they're streaming on because they changed it from like, okay. to, from when it was free because it used to be free. Alright. Um, Sorry, Ryzen. You might uh, he might get bootlegged. <laughs> I mean, this yeah. is probably what's going to happen. Yeah, it is like, what it I, is. Like, I would love this. I would love to throw them some money if they could get on like a, a fight pass thing going, where like, yeah. they, you like replays and you can do the um the 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 whole thing. But I don't know. We'll see. Their their cards are actually normally pretty entertaining, though. Like they, oh, yeah, they, they have yeah, their their cards are always like, entertaining. Like they they do the thing where they match up the fun fighters. Like you'll get um, Cron Gracie versus freaking Kaw- uh, Kawajiri. Two grappling centric fighters just match up against one another, or or on this card they have tension. Um, Nasukawa versus Kaiser Saiga. Like Saiga is a kickboxer who just happens to have MMA experience. Freaking, they have a forty-three-year-old former world champion wrestler on the card. 
And, and they you got yeah. And they have a 194 pound fight uh fight between a pro wrestler and a five three judica. <laughs> like this is Jam MMA's finest. Right. <laughs> Pretty or at much. least it's most Jam MMA. Yeah, it doesn't get much better. And you got Horaguchi, man, who's out there taking souls over there, who probably Horiguchi, will continue. Horaguchi, who has a Reebok deal in Japan, that is probably pay, paying him better than any Reebok deals any of the champions have, except Conor McGregor. Mm. And, get that, get, and, get that money, man. Get that. I'm so mad he's not. Oh god, I don't even want to think about it. Why is he not at me? Where is it? Like, he's, what, 26, 27, 26? He's, he goes and dominates in Ryzen for a few years, like, builds an actual fan base in Japan to the point where people recognize him. And maybe he comes back to UFC, but hopefully he's just making good money. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's, at this point, I feel like at this point in the game and what seems to be going on, that's that's the deal, man. So who's ever throwing the, the, the money or throwing the bag out, hey, man. Go go get it. <laughs> also, also, UFC. It's um, it's been um, rumored the UFC is has been looking to sell all their flyweight contracts. This is before uh, Ray Borg, uh, Demetrius Johnson was announced. I don't know how um, how set they are on it, but if they end up selling the contracts and a bunch of dudes get laid off, they're gonna be need a place to fight. They're gonna need. Horiguchi's going to need contenders or challengers or whatever. Japan's a perfect place for them. When Demetrius Johnson goes to Asia, he gets huge pops from the crowd. Like, there is there is an audience. Uh, That would suck. I I don't want to see those guys go, but I I guess in a way it could. uh, Some people might get screwed, but yeah, some people if they can find other homes to land will probably make much better money. And probably be appreciated a lot more. So, yeah. Yeah. I think well, Horiguchi's uh, deal breaker was he didn't want to fight just twice a year because they would stick him on like a Japan card and then just like a random. I want to say it was like a, you just fight in like a random UFC card. Like yeah, he's fighting Canada, fighting Japan, fighting um Vegas on an undercard, fighting Japan. Like they were just like hat hat. They just had him to go fight in just like these random ass cards and he didn't want to do that he wanted to fight like three times a year right and someone of his ranking and talent should be fighting that often and his youth like this dude right is 26 years old he should be fighting three to four times a year if he can and he wants to right so and you know you're going to get a good fight anytime he's in there yeah uh, so but well uh we'll see well uh Definitely keep an eye out on all of that. So, not sure where we're at at time. I'm gonna guess we're somewhere in the hour thirty, hour forty. Who knows? Uh, thank you guys for, for listening to all the editing that I'm pretty sure I'm gonna do. There's there gonna be a couple DJ scratches going on, but um, hopefully my laptop situation gets better. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm uh, I'm holding on to a thread, but <laughs> I'm already starting to look at other laptops. So. Uh, hopefully this will be fixed and errors will uh, not not happen so often. But yeah, um, we got Jones and Cormier coming up this week, so you guys know definitely we'll be covering that. And hopefully I'll be at a fight party uh, watching that happen. I can't, I cannot wait uh, for that card. So 
uh, that'll be going down and pretty sure the MMA world will keep up enough news to keep us entertained throughout the week so there'll be plenty more to talk about um but yep that's pretty much it for today uh thank you guys for listening question, question. Oh. I have a quick question before we go alright if if Cormier loses again, does he retire immediately from the sport? Because I I don't think got to is the is the right phrase for it, but this Jones rivalry is way too important to him for me to see him coming back and think he's going to get third crack at it. Yeah, I don't know if he. I don't know if he retires, but if you ask me, should he? I mean, unless <laughs> unless you can drop to 185 or you want to give heavyweight another run, which I don't know if he would want to. Um, I wouldn't be mad if he did do it, but yeah, un- unless you're looking to switch divisions, yeah, you might as well retire. Like, there's nothing else at 205 for you. You've beat, you've beat everyone there is to beat. And, I mean, as much as it would probably suck that you ended your career knowing that you couldn't beat the one man who, you know. You wanted to beat. <laughs> yeah, the one man you, you wanted. Like, <laughs> it's like the Goku-Vegeta thing where Vegeta's chasing Goku this entire time, but, like, he never seems to catch up. You know, that, that would suck, but, I mean, you kind of got to face the music at that point. Like, there's no... I mean, at least you got the belt. I mean, you, you hit the pinnacle of the sport, even though some people will probably... Some people are holding it against you because you didn't beat Jones, but you know whatever. You still had great wins. You you bodied Rumble twice. Like how beat... crazy is that too? By the way, freaking people like hold the fact that John Jones couldn't make a freaking date. Right. Yeah, like you can't, you can't. He can only fight who's there, and anybody who, everybody who was there, he beat decisively. I might add. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. If I'm him, if I lose to Jones. I, I probably would retire unless you want to give another division a try, but yeah, I, I, if you lose and you want to stay at 205, I don't really see the point. But um, we'll see, man. That that fight's gonna be awesome. Every time I see a trailer, I just I get so hyped. But um, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. But as always, anytime people are being kicked and or punched in the face, we'll be there to talk about it. Uh, hopefully, we will see you guys soon. So until next time, peace.